The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Hi guys, this is Lo. Welcome to your new episode of I Love Wellness. Today we have a star on the show, a true star. <laughs> um, I'm very excited. So everybody, please welcome Allie Love. She is the Peloton instructor you all know and love, founder and CEO of Love Squad and host of the Brooklyn Nets. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Lo. I feel like no one has actually introduced me as a star. Like this is my great, have I made it? This is like my grand yes. entrance. Thank you so much, not only for having me, for, but for that grand introduction. Everyone I know knows you. And it's like, she's a star. <laughs> well, thank, send my love to all those people if they're listening. Thank you. That, that was really nice of you. I appreciate it. I, I think they take your Peloton class like all the time. <laughs> so, um, and your social media following has grown so significantly over the past few years. Um, so I think from a career perspective, right? Like that's pretty dope. Thank you. I appreciate it, girl. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. You are the host of the Brooklyn Nets and you're an instructor for Peloton. Obviously, you have an interest in sports and fitness, but where did that love come from? Absolutely. So growing up, um, sports was a really big part of our, our family camaraderie in a sense. Like we watched, we were big, hand, big fans of the Miami Heat. Uh, my mom loved basketball and then my dad loved football. So Monday night football, you know, we'd watch Monday night football with him and then basketball games, my mom would watch basketball. And so it just was a, a foundational pillar of like our familiar cultural in a sense, culture of, in a sense, like that brought us together. We were able to watch and talk about sports. Uh, my dad was really involved with his high school football team as well. So we would go mm -hmm. to those games and I kind of was attracted to that, even though I never really played sports. I started running um, when, once I got into high school a little bit and started dancing early on. I was never into sports, but that competitive mentality played a role in how, you know, the intersectionality uh, of sports and life in itself, like how to get up every day, be your best self, compete against the resistance of any chaos in life, uh, really played a role in terms of our narrative at home. Mm -hmm. Kind of sounds like my parents. They love sports. They always have like the Dodger game on one TV, the Lakers game on the other TV. <laughs> <laughs> constant but it seems like you took a shining to it more than I did to a certain degree <laughs> yeah I loved it I mean funny story so my mom loved tennis and I could not play worth anything my sister mm -hmm. took up tennis and so what I did was I was pretty fast I became a ball girl which my nieces laugh at to this day about it my niece and nephews <laughs> laugh about it um but I was a ball girl so I was like a ball girl for when I was younger for like Andre Agassi Pete Sampras so I was on the court during those games like when the they would U.S. The Open Alex yeah, but in, girl. <laughs> yes, I, I was in the Miami Open. And so but yeah. with that came, not only did I get to see these athletes up close and personal, do like witness a game um, yeah. on the court with, with exceptional talent, but I also used to get free tickets for my family. Like we couldn't afford to go to all of these, you know, sporting events. Uh, my parents did the best they could and, and continue to do so. Uh, but it was one of those things where I was a ball girl. I used to be a Miami Heat junior jammer. So that's the little kids who dance on the court. And by doing these cool. things, you get access to get tickets to come into the mm -hmm. arena. So again, it was it was a mixture of art and then experiencing sports as a family. That's so fun. I love that. Um, so what did wellness look like for you growing up? Obviously, your parents were really into sports and you kind of developed that love. But were you like an athlete when you were little? Like, 
did you guys eat healthy in your house? I'm just curious for people who have made a career for themselves in the wellness category, you know, have they had like a significant shift or have you always been focused on health and wellness to a certain degree? Well, actually in my house growing up, because we are very Southern, even though we're Miami and we're not technically quote unquote, the South categorized as the South, we Southern influence family. And so for us, wellness wasn't a thing. Going to work out wasn't a thing. It wasn't Mm -hmm. something that we did. I had friends who family members would go out, you know, go for a run or uh, go to yoga, go to bar classes. And it wasn't necessarily in our culture, familial cultural to say, Hey, you know, let's go work out as a family. Uh, However, what ended up happening was when I went to high school, every summer I would come to New York. And it was coming to New York, not only did I fall in love with the rhythm of the city and the vibe, but that's where I really learned about health and wellness, about various ways Mm -hmm. of eating. That's when I was introduced to different cultures through friends that grew up in in different places and different foods. And and so I was really introduced to this concept of health and wellness through that. Um, I know at a young age, I had a traumatic situation happen, which I know we'll get into, but even with those things happening, it never changed the cadence in which my family, you know, we built culture around food every weekend to this day, Sunday or Saturday. My family, my mom is one of 10 kids. So we have a lot of cousins. Um, we'd all either go to my grandma's house or one of the aunts and uncles houses and we'd have food together. You know, they play cards, we'd, someone mm-hmm. would cook a big meal to serve 35, 40 people every weekend. And so it, our, we were so centered around food and building and cultivating our relationships within our family around food that instead of it being the opposite of, oh, I mean, instead of it being the other way of, oh, let's go work out together or let's do this physical activity together. It was more of like, let's center around food and conversation. And so that's what, uh, that's how I grew up. And I was introduced Mm -hmm. to a different way of life. Once I moved to New York, understanding that you can cultivate and create relationships um, through going to a workout class or, you know, experiencing a, a run and having a conversation. While they're very different, I'm not going to say one is better than the next because I truly love the way my family operates and, and I love mm-hmm. where I come from. It was just different. And so it was through New York that I found my, my space for wellness and, and what my wellness intentions look like. Well, what are your wellness intentions? I'm, I'm curious because, you know, for me, I think like a lot of women, it's always been about being thin and being comfortable in my body. And like, that's really been a huge um, driving factor for it, for it, behind it for me, which I know is um, challenging for a lot of women. Like a lot of us just have body image issues, but I started doing, um, Karen to me pretty regularly in March of this year. And I've done her class before. Um, but I started to really get into it during um, the pandemic. And I started kind of for the first time in my life to actually experience benefits that had nothing to do with my body image or my weight. And most of it was from kind of like a boost in, you know, how I feel from like a mental health perspective. Um, and my perspective on exercise over the past few months has really shifted because I've been able to kind of change the narrative, I think, with the guidance of kind of what you do in the class. So for the first time in my life, I'm actually exercising for me and not just to like have this defined whittled body. Do you know what I mean? And I think in and of itself, that has been really powerful for me. Um, But I still struggle with body image issues, I think, just like a lot of women. So I'm kind of of curious for you like what are your intentions behind kind of your wellness program or agenda 
I think similarly, Lo, as a woman, I too have gone through life and, and still in moments of my life suffer from, you know, body dysmorphia in a sense of where you see yourself a different way than you actually are. Like, yes, I need to get skinnier or, you know, I need a bigger this or smaller that. And you start to kind of reshape yourself in your mind of what you should look yeah. like in comparison to maybe social media or what you think is ideal in the time. And so growing up, um, what ended up happening for me is... I think that my wellness intentions were shaped through at nine years old, I got hit by a car. I almost died. And um, I just recently, as I told you, you know, you and I chatted before that I recently started sharing this story. And the reason I started sharing this story is because I'm doing all this self-awareness while we're in quarantine and, and shelter in place and really working mm -hmm. on some of these things. And it came up for me that this was a pivotal moment in my life. And so at nine years mm -hmm. old, I got hit by a car, I was in a hospital for seven days. And it was probably around the fourth day fifth day, um, my mom came into the hospital, uh, came to the room after talking to the doctor. And I was laying in the hospital bed for the, that time with a weight at the end of my leg, separating my femur from healing incorrectly, because we couldn't immediately do surgery because people who break their hips are adults. It's usually an adult who will break their hips. They're older in their, you know, older age. And Was that so, the injury that you suffered, a, a broken hip? Yeah. So when I got hit by okay. a car, I, it broke my femur. And then mm -hmm. um, scarred up my entire body and, and, and broke my teeth. And so oh going into God. the hospital, I had to wait for a plate to be made. It's called a plate or pin. So a metal mm -hmm. piece, a piece of metal to be made in China and then shipped over to fit my small frame. And so during mm -hmm. this time, I was losing a lot of blood. Things were really, you know, taxing on a family. It was really hard for my family. And so it was a moment that I kind of, that resurfaced in the last few months of my mom coming into the the room and saying like you know to be honest with you the doctor says it doesn't look good and you have two choices here either you can decide to give up um and you know go away peacefully or you can fight and decide to live um and she was like i can't you know switch places with you if i could i would but she's like you have to decide and whichever decision you make wow. we will respect and so I often say in tandem with that story is that I don't think that I would have the courage, uh, the strength or the trust in, in my you know, young child to, to give them such a big responsibility of making a decision in a distressed place. And so I respect my mom to this day and greatly appreciate that she did that because she told me, she's like, if you choose life, you have to pray to God and you have to fight hard. There's nothing that we can do, but if you fight, we'll fight with you. If you decide not to fight, we respect that. And so obviously I always say that, you know, I chose fighting and fighting for my life and continuing to pray. And I do both of those things daily. I continue to pray and I continue to fight for my life. And so having the ability to make that decision and take control of my life at that moment at such a young age really shaped the narrative that really, that really is the fabric of who I am. And so in terms of my wellness intentions, it was in that moment that I realized how quickly life can go away, how quickly in a second, all is good. And then in a second, things are not even there anymore. Your people aren't there anymore. And so in my pursuit, what I've tried to find, even though I fall off this wagon, and I, again, suffer from some of these issues that I find a little bit, uh, I will call for myself normalcy, because I don't want to say what I'm going through is irregular or something's wrong with it. It's a part of my life when I say suffering from body image issues or, you know, feeling a certain way, not feeling the best in my body. Uh, I, I, I handle those things. And, and in that, my wellness intentions has been shaped of moderation having fun, understanding that I need to enjoy myself. I need to enjoy my body. I need to respect my body. And another thing, it was funny 
or ironic, not funny. My mom came to New York. And most times when you're from the South or the Caribbean, because I have family in the Caribbean, I have family in the South. When they come to New York, they tend to like come when it's cold and then they, you know, get a cold or something. Like they get sick, you know, in a light cold, nothing serious. And so my mom, you know, she comes to New York and it's cold. It's like fall for her. For her, that's winter. So for us, I'm like, it's beautiful coat season. And I love this, like, brown, you know, I'm all yeah. excited. And she's in the apartment and she's a little sick. And my mom is a little dramatic and she is probably listening to this. And yes, mom, you know, you're dramatic. Um, most dramatic person I know, and I love you for it. But she's like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to, you know, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I'm like, mom, you just have a cold. Like, it's fine. You just literally have a cold. You don't even need to go to the doctor. But it was in that moment that I said something to her. I said, mom, your body is so strong. Like people's bodies, like our bodies are so strong that it, it literally wants to live always. It's not like your body wants to die. Your body does not want to just give up. Your body wants to live and will do everything it can to do that. And it was in that moment that I kind of came full circle where I was like, wow, you know, our bodies, as much as I put so much stress and I devalue it, it's such an amazing, uh, you know, mechanism in a sense, like machine that I can't even begin to consume completely. And, and it works even when we quote unquote hate ourselves. Mm, wow. That's very powerful. Do you think that mentality and awareness that has driven you to pursue kind of like the passions or the avenues that you've taken in your in your life like the ability to know that you can do it and like your body can do it well it was I had a conversation yesterday and I'm again reshaping how I think about my life interesting enough though I think that one of my callings as a dancer so shortly after mm -hmm. getting out of the hospital you know going through physical therapy the doctor let my mom know you know she'll probably won't be an athlete. Let's manage expectations of my dad, you know, to my mm -hmm. dad and my mom, you know, she probably won't be an athlete. She won't go on to be a runner. She might have arthritis by the time she's in high school in her hip because she's had a major, major traumatic situation. Mm -hmm. And it was through this that I end up becoming a dancer. The next summer mm -hmm. I went into a program they had, they offered dance. And after getting homeschooled by myself for a year and going a little bit cuckoo as a kid, I wanted to do everything. <laughs> and so I started dancing and it was that where I found this love of moving my body. And then I, I felt like movement was a medicine, but also a means of communication, being able to convey how I feel, felt, even though I didn't know how to articulate it, especially being young or just honestly at any point in my life. And so I thought that it was something, as you see, my career goes from being a dancer, you know, dancing with Pitbull, with Beyonce, with Wyclef, dancing with all these contemporary ballet companies, going to college and graduating with a bachelor's in fine arts, that I was like, oh, I need to move people. Like I need to keep moving my body and I need to meet, move people. But what I didn't realize, and this is also new for me, is that, yes, my destiny is to move people, but in a different way. Like, I want you to move your body on that Peloton bike or on that mat. I want you to move your body if we're having a dance party and live your life to the fullest. But most importantly, I think my calling in terms of the wellness space is to move you internally, to move, I always say, to move, to change your mind, to change your heart. That's, that's, what, that's the movement that I think I've been destined to do. And this combination of conversation and sweat, this duality that coexists that I think is is the ultimate um, preventative medicine. It's the ultimate game changer. And, and it's literally, I think, what really makes people truly in touch with who they are and who they want to be. I want you to move my heart, but I need, <laughs> but I need a Peloton. <laughs> no, I, I'm going to move you in this conversation. Let's keep going. I got it. I got it. <laughs> so I, I, I'm curious, what initiative drew you to, to Peloton. I, I'd love to talk about Peloton because you are, you know, are such a star there and you've really been able to make a name for yourself um, in, the, in the industry. 
like I said, everyone loves you. (laughs) I love that you keep saying I'm a star. I'm feeling you keep, you're, you're moving me. So thank you. I appreciate it. Um, And yes, you do need a Peloton. Like everyone needs a Peloton. And if you don't, you can't have it. It doesn't fit in space. You can download the app and try it out. It's amazing. Okay. Um, But what drew me to Peloton was sincerely two things. Um, Peloton, in case you, you know, for those of you that are wondering, or you, you've had a little bit of an insight of what it is, it's truly the intersectionality of fitness, media, and technology and technology. So having innovation is a really big foundational principle for us. Uh, We're offering fitness content through these innovations. And then it's the fact that you get media, you get introduced to new songs, new artists, new people, new instructors. Uh, It's really, really key. But the two things that really drew me to Peloton, I will say first, community. I Mm -hmm. truly am all about cultivating and creating space for community. And Peloton is right on board with that. And so we've our company has done such a fantastic job. Like all the teams that play a role, they are just incredible in creating, cultivating, listening to, leaning into our community, creating space so everyone can come together, get on that leaderboard and work out and find what you need to find that works for you. Find an instructor, find a class type, find a program, train in a way that makes you feel your best self. Um, So I will say that was a a big calling for me and it aligned with what I was already doing as a host of the Brooklynettes. And then as a CEO and founder of Love Squad, I was creating community through women empowerment conversations and holding Mm -hmm. events with experts and panel discussions and facilitating those things. And so coming on to Peloton, it was was an additional layer. It it was a, a bigger platform and it was for my second point of why I fell in love with it. It was with real people. My team that I get to work with, the, the cross-functional teams within a company, even as we grow, um, the level of humanity that is present, that is visible, is exceptional. And I think that that really reigns true is most times when we can bring it in terms of our family, when you feel good at home, when you have great relationships, not everything's perfect. I'm not saying in everybody's family, everything is perfect. But when you really have found you've created a foundation within your family, you have a connection with your mom, your dad, your sister, like you really have a solid bond and you go outside of the walls of your home, you still feel connected, you feel supported, you feel safe, you feel in touch, um, you feel rooted in the principles and morals that were established at that home culture. And I think Mm -hmm. that that, I know that that's what we do at Peloton and that's really important to me. I love going to work. I love the people that I work with. I love what I do. I love the the freedom, but also the support, the the ability to create, um, to express myself, to be myself, Mm -hmm. to continue to get better, to challenge uh, what we're doing in, in the community, what my role is in giving back to this globe because we're a global company and, and having the room to do all that. So those two reasons, the community, we're continuing to build, expand, cultivate, lean into our community and listen to them. And then the level of humanity, not only with my peers of instructors, but with our cross-functional teams um, is something that is really near and dear to my heart. And so I, I sincerely, that's what drew me there and that's what keeps me there. And those two things are still so important in all of our lives. Mm. I love that. That's really beautiful. Um, community has certainly had a profound effect on me as well. I think through Love Wellness, um, you know, we do our best to educate women about their bodies and products. And um, it's been really invigorating. And it is, I think, on a daily basis to be able to touch in, touch base with your community. And it's, it's, it's really those people that can continue to keep you moving forward every day, I would say. So I agree with you on that. 
If you're looking to change your diet instead of restricting what you eat, what if you nourish your body with the healthiest and most nutritious food? With Saqqara, a favorite brand of mine, I know the co-founders, you are putting the best in your body so that you can feel your best. Saqqara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. Their organic, ready-to-eat meals are made with powerful plant-based ingredients, and they're designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. The menu of creative, chef-crafted breakfasts, lunches, and dinners changes weekly, so you will never get bored, and it is delivered fresh anywhere in the United States. Sakara has received rave reviews from Vogue, the New York Times, and more publications that you know. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash ILW or enter code ILW at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash I-L-W to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash I-L-W. Okay, I want to shift this a little bit um, to talk about one of your other um, projects. So you are the founder and CEO of Love Squad. So tell me more about that. What is it? What has been so fulfilling about this for you? Dive in. Yeah. So Love Squad was, um, and I have to give you a huge shout out because little do you know, I've watched your company grow. I've watched you for a few years and I've, I've always been inspired by your work ethics and, and the ability to continue to scale your business, right? A successful business oh, knows thanks. how to continue to change, evolve and, and be in demand, right? You need to, in order to, if you have product, if you have a service, you need to have consumers on the other side. And then if you have your loyal customer, you need to make sure that you're able to scale and continue to be of service to them. So I, I will say you have been a huge, you and your team has been a huge inspiration to even the starting of Love Squad. So thank you. Oh, dang, thanks. That's so nice. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Hashtag true. Um, but Love Squad started out of a sheer frustration and I say lack of resources. Coming into New York City as a young woman, after you know going through what I went through dancing, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I just knew I fell in love with the city. I knew I wanted to be a dancer, an artist, but I didn't know what that looked like for my future. I knew I yeah. didn't want to be a starving artist. So what ended up happening was I, luckily enough, started you know networking, making friends and asking for advice. But in this, I realized that if you don't have access into certain rooms, into certain conferences, seminars, um, which costs a pretty penny for a ticket, sometimes mm -hmm. it, the, pro the progress can be a much slower. Um, can be much slower. And so with that, what I decided to do of all of the modeling jobs, because I got signed to Wilhelmina while I was in college, I was able to make some moves and be strategic around how I partnered and, and, and invited myself into certain, into certain um, jobs. Yeah, is that I realized that I, cr I wanted to create space where I can give people access to information at a low to mm -hmm. no cost, because information is expensive. And access is yeah. expensive. And so if I can eliminate that and create and, and again, close that disparity a little bit, that is my role in, in life. So Love Squad started out of, again, a, la a lack of resources and a sheer frustration. We started with a website. I started writing about things I knew. I knew about, you know, taking hot yoga, getting nose, I, um, being very disciplined, how to wake up on time. I started sharing real information, honest educational information. My job is if it takes me three hours to get from point A to point B, I'd love to write informed, 
coach you through getting from point A to point B in 90 minutes, in an hour, giving you those tools, the how to. And so I created a business and the way I knew it was a business was had a website, Adidas reached out. I became an Adidas full ambassador. They asked me to create content for adidas.com. And I was like, yeah, you got the wrong person. I don't really write well. And I don't like, this is not cool. And they were like, no, what you're talking about in terms of women empowerment is really important to us and the direction of our company. So I was able to partner with them. I'm still partnering with them and it's been incredible. And so I decided to have an event. So you know what? I'm going to meet these people. At that time, I had less than like 3,000 followers on Instagram, which I won't knock. It's still a lot of people to be following one person. Mm -hmm. um, and so I used my resources, found a space for free, got a few free products and invited people that follow me on Instagram and was like, come out. I want to talk about branding. Like, how can you brand yourself on a basic level? I want to share all the information that I know in terms of being a model, navigating your career, um, being a dancer, living in New York City, making it, uh, creating a network for yourself. And so I could only hold 50 people and opened up the event bright and 15 seconds, 50 people were sold out and it was a 75 Whoa. person wait list. And I was like, okay, maybe people actually know who I am and they want to listen to me, which is odd. Uh, so I end up from there. It's not, it's amazing. It's <laughs> not odd. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up do, started doing events and inviting my friends and saying like, okay, you have this title at this job, or you're starting this company, or you've created this success. Come and talk for free, please, to these women, non-binary, non-gender conforming people in a room that are going to come here and want to learn what to do with their careers. How can they navigate their career trajectory, whether it's a vertical career or a versatile career? How can we make sure that these people feel empowered because I truly think when you have a career path and you feel good about what you do, you make better and more informed decisions about your life, who you end up marrying, who you don't marry, who, if you have a family, all of these things that you've taken mm -hmm. the onus and power back. And so it's, it's basically events great based and it's conversation. Conversation is the catalyst of change. We scale to virtual events and we invite our community out through newsletters. We'll, you know, sign up for the newsletter. You know all about the events, lovesquad.com. On Instagram too, we give educational information around the well-being of women, non-binary, non-gender conforming, and career building. And so those are the two pillars that we really are passionate about. And so that's kind of what it's done. And it's surprisingly um, scale. Like I'm just shocked. We launched a line August 1st because uh, I love apparel. And so we really invested in a line and in our probably in less than a week we sold out. And our first day we had more orders than we probably ever had in the existence of our shop. And so we had 700 yeah. orders within probably 24 hours. And so very great. That's amazing. That. Yeah. 700 um, orders is a lot of orders. I know. And we were That's able to be consistent. So, you know, I'm grateful for our community because they see the value and we see the value in them. Like we want to continue to hold space for honest educational conversations. Yeah, I think, you know, and it's always been really important. And I think that you see um, people who have been able to build success on this kind of piece of what it means to be a human but I just really admire your vulnerability and your willingness to be open and honest because I think especially in the internet age it's also glossy and I know that this is something that you know people talk about but being willing to um, express yourself in a really meaningful way I think is really powerful and um, in terms of community building it's how you do it right if you imagine that you're making a new friend it requires one of you to become vulnerable and to share something that is uh, more deep about who you are to build that initial bond. And so 
So if you are willing and able to and smart enough to kind of bridge that into your business life, um, then you kind of can't be stopped. And I think that that is what I see you doing like across all these different platforms. And so it's just really impressive that you've been able to tap into that in a really organic way um, and, and really utilize it to your benefit. So, so bravo. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I'd love to talk about the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Because it's fancy and fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it's fancy fun. Um, yeah, it's fancy I, and fun. What has this been like for you? Incredible. Um, Nets is just, they, they are, the organization is just immensely close and near and dear to my heart. So I've been the host of the Brooklyn Nets probably for seven to eight seasons. Right when they moved to Brooklyn, I was trying to, again, figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I knew while I was modeling, I was able to survive and really create a life for myself uh, in New York and be safe as a young woman and, and continue to do all the other things. And so they were looking for a host. I took hosting classes. I submitted my reel to everyone I knew. And someone mm -hmm. was just like, hey, they're looking to replace, you know, the host that they currently have as they move into Brooklyn. Are you interested? Of course, I was like, absolutely. I was a <laughs> yes. dancer for the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> I was a dancer for the Knicks for three seasons prior to that. And so I had NBA experience. I traveled with the NBA overseas to Dubai, Abu Dhabi, Paris, like Milan, all these places. And so I had experience within the organization. And then now coming out of it, pursuing non-dance, but more hosting, they, you know, someone reached out and went in. And I always say, I went from talking low to like one-on-one, -on -one, me and you, to talking to 18,000 fans, 41 home games at night, plus play, play, playoffs and preseason. And I just still remember fondly standing on the side of the court, my first game, I was so nervous and like ah! awful that, and I had, you know, my, my lines on a card and I'm shaking and there's an IFB in your ear and someone's like, in 10, nine. And I'm like, oh my God, count You're like, up. Oh my God. Just give me more oh my time. God. Yes. <laughs> and it was just like and they were like in three two one go out there and talk and I had the cards like covering my face and a mic and and he, the only thing I had control over is the style was on point I was like okay put on my Jimmy shoes I I, I really invested <laughs> in those one pair of good shoes that I you know, trained <laughs> and uh, you know it was at the time I always say you know my boyfriend who's still my partner to this day uh has given me I, one of the most valuable things that I always remember when you try something new your confidence is attached to your skill set he didn't say that I said that part but like your skill set right when you ride a bike for the first time you don't know how to do it you are nervous you don't have confidence about doing it same thing with presentation or talking to a stranger it's it's all you know tied to your skill set your self-worth is not right so going mm -hmm. in, into this I didn't have the confidence of hosting I was going to go dare to be bold I was daring but I didn't have the confidence and he told me and to this day it's true your first time will be your worst time and that's okay and that's the expectation the bar is that your first time is going to be your most likely your worst time and so he was like go out there you do your best it'll be the worst that you'll do in comparison to what you've learned after you come off that court and we'll get better together and I was like all right I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna do a crappy job and again the organization never once said that they were like great job and I've been able to find a home uh, there on the court. We have courtside seats. Um, I work all the games. Uh, my boyfriend and all my family get to come when they're in town and friends and enjoy basketball. And again, it's 360. I grew up dancing on a court as a little mm -hmm. girl. My mom coming to the games. And now as an adult, um, I go and host those games and my boyfriend comes to the games. And I, and I truly love it. I love basketball. And, and again, the Nets are family. Like they are sincerely family and have created and held space for me to grow my craft. Um, and really, you can't practice hosting in front of 18,000 people. You just gotta do it. And so I've been able to just do it um, with, with their support. 
that's so kick butt. Well, hopefully you get to get back into the actual I know arena soon. <laughs> I know. Um, okay, just two more questions for you. And these are the questions that I ask everybody that comes on to the show. Um, so the first question is, what is your secret ritual? This is something you do that makes you feel happy or helps you unwind, but you do it in private. Ooh, okay. Well, now it's not a secret anymore. I know. Um, one of the things that's really, I get this question a lot, is like, how do you have so much energy and how do you do it all? Like you, everyone thinks I do so much, which I, I do. I, I, I love being able to do, and I'm so grateful and fortunate to do what I do and all the careers that I do. And the main thing is how do you like come down from that, right? Like my life is such a high sometimes being on camera at Peloton, hosting a Love Squad event, and then hosting the Nets game and like every platform. And so one of my secret rituals, which is really fun right now is I go to bed and I download an app where I'm just, I like to test myself on capitals of states in the US. And this is not gonna sound, this is not sexy at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I like to like remind myself of what the capitals of each state is because I think I find that that's fun dinner party banter. Um, so yeah, I just go on and I go on an app and I do it for like 30 minutes and I just, I'll type in what the capital is or they'll say the capital and I'll type the state. And so that's been, um, a little fun thing to help me unwind. And it's been a ritual, especially since we've been in pandemic. That's like a newer ritual of just like coming down. That's very funny that you say that curious if you're looking for a fourth job because everyone that we onboard at love wellness as sort of like a funny trick we make them take a state's capital test really <laughs> do i have a job i might be able to book this job oh my god the job i personally got a d on the state capital <laughs> test when i took it but it's kind of funny. It's sort of like, hey, take you have to take this test and nobody really knows why they have to take it. And we reveal afterwards, obviously, that it's a big joke, but it's something we started I doing with like it. our third employee. <laughs> oh my gosh, funny. I love it. I love it. I, I literally um, will hear a state and in my mind I'm like saying the capital. There's some oh, that I just so still funny. have a hard time with, but most of them I'm pretty keen on now. <laughs> that's great. You can teach me. Um all right, my last question. What is the one thing that you do now that you wish that you had learned earlier? Running. Um, I really mm -hmm. wish growing up that it was, again, the one thing the doctor said that my mom to my mom that I wouldn't do. And then I started running a bit later in my life. And so I've done quite a few half marathons. But I think running has ultimately changed how I've decompressed, how I unwind, how I am creative, um, how mm -hmm. do I get away. And it has been some of my fondest moments of finding peace. Uh, I get out there, like I'll run along the water, whether it's Westside Highway or even when I'm traveling, it's the best way to get familiar with it, with the place, uh, you know, run in the daytime, be safe about how you, you're maneuvering in a new place, but getting out when I'm traveling, I'll go for a run in the neighborhood. It's, it's sincerely, I wish that I start doing it as soon as I went off to college or, you know, while I was in high school, but, but I'm, I'm happy that I get to do it now and I get to do it for a long time. Yeah, never, never too late to start, right? Just start yeah. moving your body. It's helpful. Mm -hmm. And um, running particularly is so meditative. So that's, that's really great insight. Um, awesome. Well, this has been so fun. Everybody, Allie Love, she's your star Peloton instructor, founder and CEO of Love Squad and the host of the Brooklyn Nets. Thank you so much for being on the show. Where can listeners find you? 
uh, Allie Miss Love on Instagram. And then of course, follow Love Squad at lovesquad and lovesquad.com. Sign up for our newsletters. It's a great way to always stay abreast of the situations in terms of events, apparel, and most importantly, free information and access. Sounds cool. I want some apparel. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Everybody that's tuning in, please subscribe, like, leave us a comment. We would really appreciate it and have a wonderful day.